Hi, this is Andrea Metcalf, and this podcast is devoted to those who want to live healthier, happier, active lives and don't want to sit on the sidelines. So be inspired, be motivated, and be educated with me, health expert Andrea Metcalf, on It's Just For Us. I think the first thing you can do is just take a deep breath in and really just breathe in and out. And if you can take about six breaths in a minute, just with your light summer salads, like a caprese salad, you have tomatoes, which have a bit of acidity, and then you have a light mozzarella. So you pair that with something light, like a Sauvignon Blanc. Planning, planning. We hear so many people tell us that we need to plan everything out. And uh, sometimes having a plan is not a bad idea. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, planning out your diet, planning out uh, your your food and your exercise and how much sleep you're going to get and everything that pertains to it sometimes um, really helps you to stay on track. But, you know, sometimes having a plan doesn't always necessarily uh, guarantee you success. And so um, I want to relate to a time when I did have a plan and uh, it didn't work out. And what was the next step? And, uh, you know, my first plan was, of course, to have a successful businesses. And I've started quite a few businesses. Some of them have been successful and some of them haven't. Um, I think what we find when we start to work on business or a goal is there's a few different steps that come together. So I had this idea to um, open a new business, and I was thinking that, okay, even though I've been doing health and fitness for, oh, I don't know, almost all my adult life, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try the facial business because I had sat down at coffee, and someone had told me how successful this business was, and it sounded like something I was interested in, and so it, it really wasn't my idea. I guess I you know, bounced off of their idea. And, um, I decided to open a 30 minute facial bar. It was a relatively new space in the market. It was a way to have something that was lower cost that still felt like a luxury. And so I started off with a business plan. And in that business plan, I started with the mission which was to make people feel great and have beautiful skin in 30 minutes or less. And the second part of that that mission was to have it be something that was very affordable. Um, I guess growing up as a lower middle class, although I thought I was really rich growing up because we had an in-ground swimming pool just like the Beverly Hillbillies, um, I'm always probably hyper-price sensitive. And so I look at things and I'm like, oh, that's a good value or, oh, I can get that on sale. And so when I went into this business for facials, I didn't really understand the key components, which is the staffing. So although I had this mission to provide beautiful skin in a very affordable fashion, what I didn't realize is that the help, unlike in the fitness world, which I knew very well, was paid on mostly commissions and tips. And so likewise, if I had somebody who I hired that was really good at being an esthetician, they didn't stay very long. In fact, I think I went through 26 staff in a two-room facial bar in less than a year. And it was it was very uh, devastating to say the least. You know, if someone can make 
a tip on a $60 service versus a $250 service or even a $300 service, they're going to take the same time and make a bigger tip. And of course, they get a bigger commission. Now, I made two very strong problems. I didn't research out my plan well enough. I mean, I didn't know the payroll industry just on that alone. But the other part was, is I assumed that everybody needs to get paid for the time that they're there. So my first year, we were paying, you know, $15 an hour minimum wage, I think was 11 for them to just sit there and wait for customers. And then I made the second biggest problem of not really knowing the payroll and the commission structure, which cost me a lot of money out of pocket. But the second biggest problem I did of not understanding the industry was I didn't understand the marketing of the industry. So I had two big key components wrong in my business plan. You know, when I looked at the numbers and I thought, oh, could we have 10 people come in in a day? That's $600 a day times seven days a week. That's $4,200 a week. We're paying out $15 an hour. The people are getting tips. Wow, I thought I was going to be making, you know, $100,000 a year in the first year easily. Um, but my marketing wasn't quite right. And so to get the word out for marketing, I used some discounted services that got my name out there fast. Um, something that many people have used called Groupon, but then I didn't limit the number of Groupon. So I just kept selling Groupon, 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 and Groupon can be a very good thing for your business. But for my business, um, having too many Groupons out there, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. So getting back to that Groupon, um, just some personal feelings. I think Groupon can be very good for getting the word out there. They reach a ton of people and they definitely bring awareness to your business. You just need to be careful that you're not overselling Groupon because if not everyone knows how Groupon works. As the merchant, you need to sell to Groupon at a discounted price and then you get um, sometimes half or less of that price. So if you're selling a service for $60 and you discount it down to $39 to make it very attractive to the Groupon customer, which typically a Groupon customer is price jumping, but sometimes they're looking for some good deals, um, is that you get half of that. So we went from $60 down to $40 down to $20. We're paying out the esthetician $15 an hour. Long story short, we oversold it. We got a lot of money in, and then we had to fulfill those hour, those hour orders or those 30-minute facials. And it ended up being a, a big hole for us and pretty much what put us over the edge. So plans are good, but you always have to have a plan B. So my plan B in this whole endeavor of having the little bit of marketing and the uh, payroll was to start changing the payroll which we did, and that started to get us moving in the right direction. But I went back into fitness, and I wanted to do something different in fitness. Um, I didn't want to do the same Pilates and yoga and boot camps that everyone else was doing out there. So I decided to change the, 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 the structure a little bit, and I went into the surfing industry in Chicago. Now, that surf studio was a very fun experience in many ways because we had a training, we had instructors, we were building a team, and we were definitely building a unique way to get fit. But aha, 
a problem, again, with not enough planning or maybe um, not enough research was that the surf business really probably works better in near water that you can actually surf in so people can practice and then go out into the water and take it with them. But also the balance that's needed for surfing is not easy. And so that made it difficult for people to be able to, um, you know, want to come back. They took the class. It was interesting. It was fun. It was definitely different, but it was hard. It was hard to balance. So they didn't feel successful. Um, I remember one time saying like, oh, anyone who actually stays on the board the entire time, we're going to write their name on the wall. It will be a very short list. That is not a good list for business. So again, you can plan all you want, but always know that planning, taking the time to research your plan very well is going to give you better results than just throwing a plan out there. So the plans really do matter, but always have a plan B. So the second thing I wanted to talk about today was life is what you make of it. Now, for a big part of my life, I was married and I had three beautiful children. I have uh, an ex-husband. That's a whole nother story. But what I really wanted to say is life is what you make of it. And if you are really going to make some decisions to be healthier then you've got to go out there and do it. And maybe that's going back to number one, life isn't, you know, doesn't go as planned. Um, I don't think anyone decides that they're going to have children and then all of a sudden put on 20 pounds and take the next 20 years to try and figure out how to get it off. Um, sometimes it, it just happens, but you can make changes to your life. You are in control of your life. And I probably sound like all those motivational speakers who say, change your life. You can do it. Dream it. Make it happen. Well, there is some truth to all of that. And let's talk about how you can get started to make some plans and what what works and what doesn't work. Now, what I love is uh, Oprah. I mean, who doesn't love Oprah? And I love the part where she always says, what I know for sure. And one of the things that uh, in what I saw recently at the store is what I know for sure is people who live the fullest lives know how to let love in. Well, that love starts with you. Again, I'm probably going to sound like one of those motivational speakers, but if you really want to make change in your life, you've got to make this contract with the two voices in your head, the one that's actually saying what's happening and the one that's saying like, I can or I can't do this. So when I wrote my book, Naked Fitness, it was all about the bare essentials of health, how to look in the mirror, how to love yourself. And there was this one part in the book that we talked about called the ants. And that was another negative thought. Now for, I'd say most of my 30s and even part of my 40s, I don't think I ever really had that many ants. I, I didn't have that many negative thoughts. I had thoughts that if I was going to go out and do something, I was going to do it and that was good, all that was going to matter. I had no worries. I had all the confidence in the world. I can remember speaking in front of people at events and they're like, but you just went out and decided you wanted to be on TV. And yeah, uh, I just, I tried things. And I looked for unique ways to make them happen. 
So let me tell you a little bit about the story of how I first ended up on television. It was through a, a lady named Lisa Stafford who was coming to one of my classes and she was a PR person, but at one point she was in media and was a news anchor in Minnesota and then came to Chicago. Her husband was working for Dateline and long story short, she said they are going to have fitness people on television. Now this goes back somewhere around the 2000 mark and I'm like, yeah, I, I know they have, fit, they have fitness people on television. And uh, just to give you an idea, Robin Mead was on local NBC Chicago when this all was taking place. So anyway, um, she said, I think you should go audition because you do a nice job in fitness classes, which is far from being on television. But it was something that was like, okay, I'll go try it. I had no fear. I had all the confidence in the world. And long story short, I ended up doing a TV segment once a month for almost two years. Now, here's the crazy part of the story. Because when you're um, doing a television segment, you're not paid unless you actually work for the station, which means that you know, you're promoting your business, you build trust, people start to understand that you're an authority or maybe you're somewhat of an authority on the subject of, for me, health and fitness. But there became a time where it started to be, oh my God, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning and driving all the way into the city of Chicago, 30 minutes in, even with no traffic, paying $29 or something ridiculous for parking to be on television for three minutes that makes my friends say, ooh, you're on television, but I'm not really sure if it's doing much more than that at the time for my business. So I thought I really would like to get paid to do this. And I ended up cold calling the president of the station, who I knew was this man named Larry Wirt. And uh, it was the president of NBC and his secretary, Sandy Isaacson said, well, who is this? I said, I wanted to speak to Larry. I said, I've been doing these TV segments on the weekends and I think he should pay me. And she kind of laughed and I ended up getting on a phone call with Larry. And Larry said, you know, okay, I, I'll meet with you for a few minutes. I've got time. And maybe it was like a random Tuesday. And I thought if I go to this meeting and I just show up and introduce and shake my hand, he is never going to remember who I am. So I decided that I was going to bring the president of NBC, a pizza, and not just any pizza, pizza from Lou Malnati's, which is a deep dish Chicago pizza, cheese and sausage, mind you. And their sausage is like a layer of crust. It's sausage, like a sausage pie. But I did order it with the low fat cheese. And my thought was, I'm going to bring him a pizza because right now what he sees as fitness on their station is this very muscle bound person. And I want to show fitness that it's with moderation and that you can have pizza and it's about living life. So, uh, it's, I met him in the lobby. I didn't go up to his office. I didn't get past the security uh, guard. I guess they thought, what if she's crazy? We don't want her to, you know, mess up the, the president of the station. And I gave him the pizza and I said, hey, you know, I think you need someone like me, a housewife, that's talking about fitness because I'm more relatable to your viewers. And I think it's about balance. So here's a pizza. And he thought that was kind of strange. 
But then my expertise really kicked in because as he turned around, I noticed he had flat butt syndrome. Now, for those of you who don't know what flat butt syndrome is, is your glutes and that round butt that you get from working out your glutes and hamstrings is the basis for the lumbar spine. And the lumbar spine is where we typically feel a lot of low back pain because the glutes aren't supporting it. We're sitting on our glutes instead of using them. And at some point, we'll go into how you should be walking better in order to improve your bottom line. But long story short, I ended up becoming his personal trainer and then one of three people who then was paid to be on air on NBC as a health expert. This was about living life and taking on opportunities. And the opportunity that came next was the Today Show. So let me tell you a little bit about that as we talk about how to live your life without fear. Now, I don't want to get too far off the point of where we were coming from, which is, you know, life is what you make of it. But I do want to say that taking opportunities and putting yourself out there can result in some really great things. I was on air in Chicago with NBC for, oh my gosh, almost 10 years. And in that time, I ended up doing the Today Show, producing three television shows. Um, actually, one is still on air called Living Healthy Chicago. And that's a story for another day. But, you know, if you try and you put yourself out there and give it a good shot and do something creative, you can find yourself doing things that you never thought possible. Now, I don't know um, a lot, but there are things that you um, that you learn as you get a little bit older. And that's kind of what It's Just For Us is really about. This is geared at people who aren't interested in the, um, the trendiness of things, um, but are interested in really having a great life. And that doesn't mean that it stops at age 30 or age 40 or 50 or 60. You know, one of my favorite stories was I had an editor at Moore Magazine. And for those of you who don't know Moore Magazine, Moore Magazine was founded by Leslie Jane Seymour, not the actress, but the entrepreneur and journalist. And um, she created this magazine for women over 40 that was kind of a luxury line. She was insightful enough to know that, you know, the baby boomers were going to be getting older. And um, so my, my editor, Stephanie, there, she ended up at age 50 going back to medical school. And I was just so impressed. I think I was 42 at the time going like, wow, when you're 50, you're going to go back to school and become a doctor? That just seems like something for only people in their 20s or 30s. And then I met Dr. Vonda Wright, who was a nurse. And in her late 30s, she became an orthopedic surgeon. So the time is always there. If you want to do something, you want to become an attorney, you want to become a teacher, you want to change your career, you want to change your life, you want to get divorced, you want to be single, whatever it is, you really can do this. And my next guest next week is going to be the founder of Moore Magazine, Leslie Jane Seymour. What she's been doing after creating this multi-million dollar brand and meeting so many amazing women across the country, um, we're going to be interviewing her. So going back to the don't judge us and why this is just for us. I really like the space that I'm in right now. You know, it took a while to be comfortable in my own skin. If I think about my 20s, 
Um, man, I was having babies and trying to be the perfect mom, having these birthday parties for my kids that were, they were all I thought about, you know, it was a, it was a six weeks planning for any one of my kids' birthday parties. And then I also had Halloween parties. I loved having the social gatherings and the, the community space around. And then I'd say in my thirties, I started to gain more confidence in my job you know, I became a personal trainer and, and was really learning more educational skills. And the fitness industry was really expanding and booming. So for me, it was really a natural um, case to be able to learn the different high impact aerobics, then step, then slide, then spin, then water, then Tai Chi, then yoga, then stretch class, then Pilates. And that's what really helped me build my expertise in fitness was because I got to learn it over such a long period of time. And that's what's different about the industry today. You know, experience really does give you expertise. I think in one of the books it said you're not an expert until you have 10,000 hours. Well, I don't know how many hours I have in health and fitness but I think I've taught just about every type of class to any age group person from babies to uh, adults to teens to even uh, pets most recently with Paws Alates, our uh, once a month pet class that we offer at Studios Fuse. So I think experience really does mean a lot. And it doesn't mean that if you don't have the experience or you're only in your 20s or 30s that you can't learn from those people and have mentors in your life. I think that's one of the most exciting things is having somebody who you can aspire, aspire to be and um, look at how they got there and emulating that. Let's talk a little bit about that in just a second. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about mentors, and um, for people who know me very well, know that I've always followed Madonna, and uh, that was something really interesting because I looked at Madonna and saw her grow as a brand and a performer and always reinventing herself, and yet there was always this essence of her staying connected. Now, a lot of people will argue that that's a terrible role model um but man in the marketing department and reinvention um i really liked her she was one of the people that i would watch very closely and not that i was in the music industry but take and change the way that i saw fitness and take and change the way that i worked with women or worked with my businesses or worked with employees and one thing just really holds true for any business is if you are good to your people it's better to be good to your people than it is uh, to know that you're paying them a lot of money um, certainly I'd love to pay them as much money as I possibly could but even when you're on a fixed budget and you're running small business there is this space where appreciation and and understanding them and treating them with respect and value is going to go a long way. So um, wrapping up here, we had talked a little bit about what this podcast 
is about, let's tell you what this podcast isn't about. This podcast isn't about uh, only advice in health and fitness. We're going to talk and explore a lot more um, things than just that. We're going to talk about, maybe we are going to give you some plans on how to do things because we do want you to make the best of your life and have everything that you want. Because this podcast is going to help you live healthier, happier, and a more active life because I know you don't want to be sitting on the sideline. I hope that we've inspired you, motivated you a little bit, and maybe taught you a few things. I'm Andrea Metcalf. I really appreciate you being here. And this is just for us.